Waiver wire madness is sweeping its way through Major League Baseball. Will the New York Mets do anything other than just maybe getting Carlos Carrasco off their books? I'll discuss it all on today's edition, Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, in the first segment, we got to talk a little bit about what the Angels just did, putting six players on waivers. It has created some havoc around Major League Baseball, and it'll be interesting to see how any of this can relate to the New York Mets. Carlos Carrasco is placed on waivers, so we'll talk about that. But also, as we'll get into a little bit in the first segment and the second segment, the Mets are in a position to claim a player if they wanted to, uh, as they would have priority right now in the waivers. I don't know if they'll do it, but there's some interesting names they could decide to grab to take a look at before they hit free agency. So we'll go through all that. Also recap the game in the second segment uh, on Tuesday night as the Mets lost another to the Rangers then. To close the show in the final segment, we'll take our trip around the Mets minor league affiliates with the big news being the promotion of Kevin Parada up to double A. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. The Los Angeles Angels made some waves on Tuesday as they shamelessly put six players on waivers effectively changing the outcome of the season potentially depending on where those players fall as playoff teams can now grab some guys to plug on their roster uh, for the rest of this season and potentially into October for nothing but salary because the Angels are shamelessly trying to dump salary. And that's basically unheard of to this degree, but the Angels themselves this year have been operating in a way that is just unorthodox, to say the least. And I feel bad if you're an Angels fan because it's been an unmitigated disaster from promoting prospects before you probably should, although some of them performed better than you would have expected, to going all in around Shohei Otani, to watching every single trade basically that you made flame out on you, Uh, your chances of being a wildcard team just completely dissolves within thin air right after the deadline. So every move you made was pointless. Otani has a UCL tear, so he's not pitching anymore. He might need Tommy John after the season. And, oh, yeah, Mike Trout came back for half a second. He got put right back on the IL. It is brutal. If you're feeling bad about yourself as a Mets fan right now, just look at the Angels, and you'll feel a little bit better. Now, what this means, though, is a really complicated waiver wire period. Now this used to be a completely different game before 2019. Um, or I think it maybe went through 2019. There was the waiver trades, which essentially a team could you know, put a player on waivers after the deadline and they could put on revocable waivers where they could take a guy back. If they didn't find a deal they wanted, and they could still trade players 
um, all the way up until the end of August. So it set up two trade deadlines and Major League Baseball got rid of that. Now, waivers is pretty much the same thing as it is throughout the season. It's just here's the final deadline to do it, especially for teams um, you know, who want to put these players on their, their roster for the playoffs. So here you go. You get a rash of players added to waivers today. And it's a lot of talent. Okay, The Angels in particular, they put Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, the two guys that they traded Edgar Caro, their best prospect for, to the White Sox at the deadline. Put them on waivers. Now they can just be had by any team to get the money off the books that you put on your books at the deadline. Try to avoid being a luxury tax team. Also, Matt Moore. And Matt Moore is a 2-3-0 ERA this year. Lopez, by the way, been great since the deadline. 2-3-1 ERA with the Angels. Giolito hasn't been 6-8-9 ERA in six starts, but a playoff team that needs pitching depth. Look at a guy that netted a top prospect a month ago at a 3-7-9 ERA and 21 starts before the deadline, and he's going to get claimed by somebody. Hunter Renfro also got put on there, not having a great year, but 18 home runs is 18 home runs on the season um, and still you know a strong arm in the outfield. Dominic Leone, who the Mets got Jeremiah Jackson for, he's on waiver, so if the Mets want to be funny here, claim Leone, get him back, and hey, you got Jackson for nothing. That'd be fun. Uh, Randall Gritchick as well, who after being put on waivers, had two doubles and a home run to sort of advertise himself to his next team. He hasn't been good at all since going to the Angels, uh, but he had an 861 OPS with the Rockies, and he's a guy that matches left-handed pitching, 947 OPS on the season. Someone will claim him as well. So we'll see where all those pieces fall. Um, the other guys on waivers, Harrison Bader, from, Harrison Bader excuse me, um, from the Yankees, he hasn't been having a good year, was hurt a bunch, um, but if a playoff team wants an excellent defender in center field, they can grab him. The Yankees clear some money and maybe some playing time for some of the guys that have weight in the wings in AAA. Uh, Mike Clevenger has been really good this year for the White Sox. Uh, 18 starts, 3-3-2 ERA, nearly 100 innings pitched. He'll get claimed by somebody, and that's a salary dump for them. Jose Cisnero for the Tigers, who has not been pitching well as of late, but again, salary dump for a bad team. Those are the moves that you're used to. The Clevengers, the Cisnero, uh, Carlos Carrasco with the Mets put on waivers. Okay, all, all those things are normal. What the Angels did is out of the ordinary, but you don't usually see a team in that position. Um, and, and so now we'll see where the pieces fall as it relates specifically to the New York Mets. What can happen here? Well, you look at Carlos Carrasco. That's the, the player the Mets put on waivers that could be gone. If he is, all right, you clear him out. He's been bad for the Mets anyway, and you get off of his salary. I don't think the Mets really care about the salary too much, but it's a way to clear them off. And hey, it doesn't hurt, right? Luxury tax salary, that's going to be amplified a little bit. It's not bad. And basically, you would say, why would any team want Carlos Carrasco? If you need a depth arm in your rotation, a guy that can just make starts. And I'm looking at teams like the Orioles that don't have a ton of pitching depth, the Dodgers who might look at Carrasco and say, oh, we found a way to make Lance Lynn effective. We'll do the same thing for a cookie. Um, the Rays, similar boat, also a team that's been just ravaged by injuries. Um, the Giants have some guys hurt right now. The Cubs have some guys hurt. Uh, Marcus Stroman's out. So there's teams that could claim Carrasco. If not, he might just stay in the Mets rotation, which I think would probably be the worst case scenario as it relates to that one because when I th- – 
think everyone saw him put on waivers, you thought, okay, you're not going to watch Carrasco keep going out there every fifth day. That's not necessarily the case. What's more interesting to me, though, about all of this is the fact that the Mets could get a little bit crazy with this waiver wire period. And I actually want to spend a little more time on that because I think there is an outside chance that the Mets are a team that could mess up the plans of one of these playoff teams and put a claim in on one of these angels, um, if not one of these other players that was put on, put out there, and maybe grab someone for the final month of the season just to get a look. Um, I'll explain why they would do that and how that waiver order works out. I'll also recap the game in the next segment as well. So we're going to get to all that. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Sales. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow, outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. This is called Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Use LinkedIn Sales Navigator. It'll help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. So can the New York Mets get crazy and put a claim in on one of these players? I don't think it's necessarily likely, but there could be some logic to it. And here's really where I I start with this. I'm going to run down the list of the waiver order going into play today. Um, And this is leading into the playoff team. So of the non-playoff teams, would any of them be crazy enough to make a move? You have the Athletics, the Royals, the Rockies, the White Sox. None of them are making a move. They're all in tank mode. Cardinals, Pirates, Tigers, same thing. Why would they take on salary as smaller market teams who aren't going anywhere? Then you get to the Mets, then the Nationals, then the Padres. Nationals not doing anything. The Mets and the Padres are the two teams who aren't going to make the playoffs who could make a claim. The Padres might still fancy themselves a playoff team. They didn't do anything at the deadline to sell. They actually bought a little bit. They might say, hey, give us player X, plug him into lineup, and maybe that's the thing that's going to get us to win 10 in a row and find ourselves in the mix. Beyond that, you have the Guardians, who theoretically could get into um, the AL Central race, but the Twins are, are looking more and more like the clear team that's going to win that. And I don't know if the Guardians are really interested in adding salary. Then you have the Angels, who are obviously aren't adding anything. Then the Yankees. And then you get to playoff teams. So if there's one team in the mix of non-playoff teams that could you know, claim a player for the heck of it, it'd be the Mets. Now, who would they claim? Hey, if you want to claim Ronaldo Lopez and make your bullpen better, you could do that. Um, I don't know if the Mets see value in winning right now, though. I think that's... 
you know, the dirty little secret here. And I think that's why ultimately they probably do nothing. But there's a couple players that I think would be a little bit interesting. Lucas Giolito, free agent after the season. Do the Mets want to just say, hey, we'll bring him on, get a month audition, see how he fits with us. You know, just, just get a, a long look at a guy who could be some rotation depth. Because the Mets are going to need starters this offseason. And Giolito is going to be in that mid-tier. You can make the same argument for Mike Clevenger, honestly, if you wanted to. I think it'll really piss off playoff teams. I don't know if the Mets want to do that or not, but hey, options. You could say, hey, maybe you want to pick up a Harrison Bader and he's going to be a free agent, see how he fits with you because he could be a fourth outfielder option next year. Again, the Mets have no reason to do any of that. But they also have really nothing to lose either. So it'll just be interesting because the Mets are sitting in a position and they've always, under Steve Cohen, grabbed talent whenever they could, but they can just grab talent for money. (laughs) So while I know the Mets aren't pushing for the playoffs, while I still believe they're secretly tanking a little bit here, I also would not be surprised if they took the opportunity to leverage their spot in the waiver order to grab a player and who knows if you grab Lucas Giolito say um, and maybe word gets out there that you're doing that I don't know if a team that wanted Giolito bad is going to say okay well guess what we'll help you by taking Carrasco off your books but if a team needs some depth and it's just looking to grab a starter you never know so we'll see I, I again most likely the Mets don't do anything crazy but they have the opportunity to do so if they choose to now let's get a little bit into this game though because it was just another brutal night of Mets baseball. I love watching Jose Quintana pitch. I'll tell you that much though. Um, six strong innings, gave up three hits, walked three, scattered it all. Um, you know, got double play balls and, you know, when he needed it, got the big ground ball you know, outs the end of innings when, when there was runners on, um, was just solid dude is just a solid pitcher had five strikeouts. Now got a three, two, six ERA and eight starts with the Mets. Quintana's looking like a great signing that unfortunately missed the beginning of the year because he could have really changed things. But next year, he, he's a key piece to what they're doing. I mean, he's their number two right now. I think in an ideal world, he'll be your number four going into next season um, with obviously Senga being right now the one and maybe you can bump him down to the two. But that, that's been a really nice um, find certainly. And it's been one of the best stories of the second half on a team that doesn't have a lot of good stories. Speaking of bad stories, Drew Smith is awful. I mean, I can't believe he only has a four Oh five ERA this year. It feels like it should be like seven and the amount of just center cut <laughs> balls. He leaves for guys that just you know, puts, put stuff on a tee. It's ridiculous, man. It, how is it only seven home runs? I'm looking now. It feels like 17. It's been brutal. And, uh, you know, he he blew the game today. I mean, the game wasn't really one to be had. The Mets didn't score any runs through the first eight innings. Uh, but it was a scoreless game until Smith came in. And how many times have we seen that lately? Drew Smith comes in after a starter has thrown a gem, immediately gives up a home runners, gives up a run. So that was unfortunate to watch. Offensively, not much to speak of throughout this lineup. Jeff McNeil, couple of hits. As a team, the Mets had seven hits. 
Only one for extra bases, and that was Mark Vientos. The ninth inning, he hit a solo homer, taking 101 from Aroldis Chapman, the other way to right center field for a home run that was 108-plus off the bat. Really good to see Vientos, who obviously can handle fastballs, able to, to square up 101. Um, he, he did have another hit in the game, but he also looked ugly in two strikeouts. So it's good that we're getting every day at bats from Vientos down the stretch to see if he can be anything. Um, but man, overall, even in a game where he went yard, I still didn't like what I saw um, from Mark Vientos. So could there instead be a player called up from AAA that can bring some excitement to this lineup? I know you're thinking Ronnie Mauricio, and we'll talk about that because he had another good game, but there's another player from AAA that I'd like to see the Mets call up to just bring, I don't know, someone other than Jonathan Arauz and Danny Mendick into the lineup every day down the stretch. Just just a name, a name to watch. So we'll uh, explain who that is and take you on our trip through the minor league affiliates in just a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. The New York Mets close out their series against the Texas Rangers at 640 Eastern time tonight. Get every pitch to the Mets hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Well, we got the Binghamton Rumble Ponies hat on. That means we're taking our trip around the minor league affiliates. We're going to start in Syracuse because there is a player that had a massive game on Tuesday night who I think the Mets should call up right now. That's Carlos Cortez. He went two for three with two walks. He had a grand slam and a two-run homer, drove in six. He has eight home runs in the month of August. And look, Cortez is not really considered a top prospect, or he's almost kind of faded from even being a prospect in general. When guys get to this point where they're 26 like Cortez, where they've been around for a while, the fatigue is there when it comes to their prospect status, and you're really sort of doubtful about if they're ever going to play in the big leagues. You sort of drop that that title attached to them. They become just minor leaguers, you know, career minor leaguers. And he lost that prospect status last year when he posted a 664 OPS on the season, 123 games. He put up respectable, but not necessarily great or even maybe good numbers in double A last season. It was solid, but nothing that stood out. Eventually got the call at the triple A because it was all right. Uh, why not? Um, and you know, in, in AAA last year, he put it up an OPS, I believe, in the 400. So it was a disaster for him. And this year, he didn't start off great. But now you're looking at 100 games played. He's got a 264 average, 372 on base, 485 slug, 15 home runs on the season, 21 doubles, posting the best walk rate of his career at 14%, uh, best strikeout rate since high at 19%. He's in 284 at the 437 on base percentage this month and a 617 slug. He's got a 1.054 OPS. He's been great, and he plays second base, some outfield. I don't know why you wouldn't call him up and get rid of Jonathan Arauz or Danny Mendick. I unless you're just so in the tank, honestly. You know, Carlos Cortez probably doesn't have a long term future with the Mets, and if he does, he's you know a guy that'll be competing with your you know Louis Guillorme's of the world for utility player off your bench, but. 
he's played well enough to deserve a shot in a lost season. And the diehards have paid attention to Carlos Cortez in the minor leagues for years. And they would be, I don't want to say, you know, clearing the entire schedule to watch Carlos Cortez, but they would certainly be more likely to tune into a game to see Carlos Cortez play. And why not do service to the limited fans that are still watching or still even following what's going on with this team? They should call him up. And they should also just call up Ronnie Mauricio, which would actually get even the non-diehards to tune in because everyone wants to see him. And look, he went three for five tonight, hit his 23rd home run of the season. He's gotten on base in 21 consecutive games. Maybe they're waiting for September call-ups, even though that's not really as big of a thing as it used to be. But that's sort of a ceremonial thing. Hey, maybe that's when you'll see, oh, Ronnie Mauricio and Carlos Cortez are up. But the dude's earned it. And you wanted him to go out and prove that you know he could earn his promotion and not just be handed it. He's earning it. And uh, it, it's at a certain point a disservice to him and the fan base even to hold him out of it. I get the whole thing starting a service time clock and even the thought that, hey, maybe Ryan Mauricio wins baseball games for you. I don't know if that's – look, as long as you throw Drew Smith out there in a close game, he, he'll get the tank done, okay? <laughs> Just keep your pitching bad um, and, and the tank can be accomplished. Um, other than that, in AAA, Brett Beatty went over for 5 with uh, three strikeouts, so not a good game for him. Let's talk about the big prospect news today, and that's Kevin Parada got the promotion up to double A. Uh, Parada not having the best season, but there's been injuries and, and such. So I think this is just a, hey, you're a top prospect. You're advanced enough of a hitter to be able to hang in double A. We thought you would get up to double A at some point this season. Let's call you up with you know the other top prospects in the system. Let's lengthen your season. There's only, after tonight, I think 11 games left. In high A, get you know an extra week, I think, or maybe two weeks in double. Um, give him a little bit of a longer season and, and see what he can do. Hasn't been a great year for Parada and wasn't necessarily a great start. It was 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. He did gun down the first uh, base runner that tried to steal on him, though, so that um, was good. Other top prospects in double A, Luis and Helicuna went 2 for 4. He's got his average up to 261, which is pretty nice after – a really rough start in the Mets organization, but he was caught stealing tonight. So didn't get to tack one on in his uh, stolen base bet against his brother, of course, Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, who also, Hey, Mookie bets, keep doing you. We'd love to see you take that MVP from Acuna. Um, just a little side note there back to Binghamton. Drew Gilbert won one for two for uh, one for two tonight, two walks. He also was caught stealing his OPS Double A up to 977. Player of the game, though, in double A was Blade Tidwell. Got the start, went five and a third, allowed two hits and three walks, did not give up a run, and struck out six. A little bit of a good stretch here for Tidwell, who has the ERA down to 386 in double A. I had him ranked as the top pitching prospect in the Mets system. I think a lot of people do at this point. Um, so it'll be good to see him finish out the season strong uh, with the Rumble Ponies. Not much to discuss in Brooklyn. Jet Williams went 0 for 2 with two walks. Ryan Clifford 0 for 1 with three walks. That is your trip around the affiliates. 
know on yesterday's show I discussed um, wanting to bring up Mike Vassell and if we would see him this year and why we might not. Considering the fact that Carlos Carrasco got put on waivers and the fact that the Mets could always put a claim in on another starting pitcher potentially, which again, not likely, but something that could happen. We'll hold that that topic off until Friday um, until there's some clarity on what the rotation will look like. And if there is a vacant spot from Carrasco maybe being claimed or potentially released and why it still might not go to Vassal. So for all you everydayers, make sure you tune into that. Follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. If you want to catch every pitch of the Mets' hometown broadcast against the Rangers, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.